This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the Steelers pregame show. It is almost game time. The 7-0 Steelers are looking towards 1978 and that 7-0 record, and they're ready to put that in the rearview mirror to be the first ever Steeler team in the 88-year history of this team to go a whopping eight and O to start a season. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from behind the steel curtain.com alongside me is my good friend, Kevin Smith, KT. What is going on? Hey, Brian, what's happening? Hey, Brian, tell me again. What's the Steelers record? Seven and O. Yeah. I just wanted to hear you say that one more time. It sounded pretty good. <laughs> I'll do it again. Seven and <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, hey, I don't know about you, but I'm still, uh, coming down a little bit off of that Ravens game. That was, that was phenomenal. That felt like some, uh, just some classic Steelers Ravens stuff. And, uh, you know, I was pacing and cursing and throwing things and, you know, I've mellowed out in my older age, but uh, that took me back to my youth, man. It's a tale of two teams. And one thing that that showed me that the Ravens with all the talent that they have, they are not mature enough and they are not ready for prime time and the Pittsburgh Steelers are. When you get the soldier tweet that was deleted from Mr. Hollywood Brown and doesn't fall far from what his cousin would do in Pittsburgh, crying when he's not getting the targets, then you look at a guy like Marlon Humphrey. Come on. They had to know he wasn't feeling well. He tests 
really soon after that game, what, 16 hours after that game, he's testing. You have that going on and you have the headbutts from Marcus Peters. This is a team that could implode like that. And this is a Steeler team that isn't going to do that anymore. That's why I'm not worried about trap games anymore. That's why I'm not worried about when one guy like Juju Smith-Schuster only gets six yards in a game and he's celebrating the team. That shows me the difference between two teams. Am I on here or am I completely off base? No, no, 100%. I mean, I I think that culture is underrated and undervalued, um, you know, when it comes to even professional franchises. You know, Baltimore is a bit of a team in transition. They're very, very talented, no doubt about that. But they've lost a lot of leaders over the past, you know, three, four years. You think about guys like Suggs, you know, being gone and, and just, um, you know, some of the other guys who, who you know, were, were bedrocks in that, uh, of that team for years and years. They've got younger guys in there. Lamar Jackson, you know, is still, uh, you know, learning the ropes and hasn't been through some of the stuff that the guys in Pittsburgh have. So when you've got you're talking about young guys, you know, Hollywood Brown and, and Lamar and uh, Humphrey versus Cam Hayward and Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster, who's only 23 years old, but uh, boy, he, so, he certainly feels like a veteran. He's been here for, you know, his fourth year now. And of course, just the, I just think the Steelers way of doing things is, and we're going to talk about culture later in the show when we talk about the Cowboys, but I just think their way of doing things is, uh, is just different than a lot of teams. And and we kind of lapsed back for a little while when we had uh, Antonio Brown and some of that drama, but it sure feels like, you know, more like a 2008 Steelers team. And let's talk about those 2008 Steelers. Now, we're not really talking about them, but we're talking about one of the great games from that year was playing Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys and the pick six from Deshae Townsend. T.O. was on that team. T.O. was pretty good on that team. That was a great comeback win. Now, we have had some great games recently, not just 2008, that 2016 matchup, fake spike for uh, when Ben Roethlisberger did not stop the clock and threw the touchdown pass to Antonio Brown, when Ezekiel Elliott ran wild on the team. This is not the same matchup whatsoever. This is not the same Zeke Elliott, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the Cowboys and the Steelers are completely different teams going completely different directions. And we'll start off talking about both of these teams by the stats. And they're going to be really interesting to you. First of all, let's talk about offense, Kevin. Total yards, the Steelers only rank 25th. The Dallas Cowboys are 2-6 and six, as opposed to the Steelers being 7-0. and oh. And they rank seventh with 398 yards a game. Passing, the Steelers are 24th. The Cowboys are first in the league. Rushing, the Steelers are 16th. The Cowboys are a little worse at 24. And points per game, this is the most important thing. You take all of those stats we talked about, throw them out the window, because points per game, the Steelers are fifth at 30.1. For the Cowboys, 24th at 23.1. What are your thoughts? Oh, for sure. You know, I think that uh, yards per game is one of the more overrated stats, or, or if not overrated, deceiving. And, and you know, I mean, Dallas, they did do some good things on offense when Dak Prescott was healthy earlier in the year. I mean, they're certainly banged up. They've lost 
two stud offensive linemen, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're not the same team. I think that, you know, the, the yardage thing is just uh, also a product of things like your special teams and your defense and how far of a field do you have to work with. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Uh, and, you know, for Pittsburgh, I mean, the key has just been uh, opportunities, you know, I mean, finishing opportunities, uh, not wasting drives, not missing field goals. I don't, know, I don't know if Boswell's missed a field goal all year long. I mean, maybe he has, but I don't, I can't recall one, but no, um, he's missed an extra point, an extra point. Okay. Right. So yeah, we've been opportunistic and, and good when it counts and benefited from great defense and great special teams. That's put us in good, good position and not to not have to drive really long fields. And, and we've been ahead, you know, Dallas has had to come from behind a lot and acquire a lot of yardage when they're in junk time. Now, here's my big question for you. We're going to go ahead and look at defensive <laughs> rankings. Now, the Steelers, total yards, fifth. Passing, seventh. Against the run, fifth. Points per game, sixth at 20.3. And once again, that's the most important to me. But these numbers have taken a hit when they go against the Baltimore Ravens and give up 265 yards on, a, on the ground and over 400-some total. Now. What is more important to you, the stat of the win when you play a team like the Ravens or giving up all of those yards? And I know the answer. The answer is the win. But that shows even more how stats can be deceiving. Yeah, I, you know, I think that um, there, are, there are better stats. You know, like as we get into the advanced metrics and you get into things like DVOA and those types of stats, many of which I don't even understand, I'll be totally honest. Um, I think there's better ways to measure, you know, how well you're doing. And, and, and those, the statistics that measure efficiency, um, the ones that measure, you know, how teams are doing when they're presented opportunities or, or, or things like, you know, your, your average yards uh, per drive, your starting field position. Those things are all, I think, really important to consider as opposed to just a raw yardage stat. And that's all stuff where the Steelers are doing really well. Now, when we look at one last stat category, and that's Dallas's defense. Against the pass, they're eighth right now. They're only giving up 214 yards a game. But when you look at them against the run and points per game, they rank dead last. Now, is that a category that you really got to look at? Because James Conner could have a great game against the 32nd run defense in the league giving up 171 yards per game and points per game. They're giving up 33.3. Does that tell more of the story? Yeah. You, you got to stop the run. I mean, that's, that's a better statistic or a more relevant statistic than passing yards. Because like I said before, you can accumulate a lot of passing yards when you fall behind in a game and, a, and your opposition goes into a soft defensive shell. Nobody who gets behind, you know, 31 to 10 decides, you know, Hey, let's rack up a lot of rushing yards right now. So rushing yards are usually acquired in the guts of the game and often tell, you know, a bigger story about who won or lost than do passing yards. We are going to talk more about who is going to win or lose this game when we come back to the Steeler pregame show right after this. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome back to the Steeler pregame show. Here we go. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. KT Smith is with me as always. Kevin, it's Dallas week. You and I go way back to the 70s when we used to see these teams battle in the Super Bowls. We saw it again in 1995. You hate this team so much or hated them back in the day that you had your handle on BTSC as? Cliff Harris is still a punk. Yep, that was a... That was how I was known for a long time. And I only got rid of it because uh, my account got, got uh, messed up and I had to start over again. But yeah, you know, I became a Steeler fan when uh, Super Bowl 10, I was a little kid and the uh, famous, you know, Jack Lambert, Cliff Harris encounter when Lambert kind of slammed Harris to the turf after Harris, you know, taunted the kicker. I mean, come on, man, taunting the kicker. Patting so, on the know, head. Yeah, exactly, man. That made him a punk in my eyes. And, you know, I don't know. Cliff Harris might be a good guy. You know, he might be. I, I've actually read a little bit about him. I heard he does some good charitable work and all those things. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this one for a while. Well, you know what? We'll have to go down to the Hall of Fame induction next year, and you could have a chance to confront him. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what can happen there. But I, I heard that he's a really decent guy, and that was a huge turning point in that game. Lambert went nuts after that. That was a wake-up call for the team. So that was the equivalent to standing and stomping on the terrible towel. That really woke up the Pittsburgh Steelers and helped them win that Super Bowl. So that's a really big deal. You're not going to have these two teams with the same amount of intensity because this really is not the same type of matchup. These teams are in completely different directions this year. The difference being the two and six Cowboys lost their quarterback and completely folded. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, 0 and 3 last year, lost their quarterback and really woke up behind Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph to the point where they won eight games under those guys. And they were eight and five going into the final three weeks of the season. They didn't go to the playoffs. We all know that. But that is a kind of year that could really shape the mentality of a football team. Kevin, do you feel that that performance last year, even though it didn't net any playoffs whatsoever, was the most important factor for the Steelers doing well this year? I think it speaks volumes about the organization. The fact that the Steelers ripped off an eight and two run behind Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and circled the wagons and used it as a rallying cry when Roethlisberger went down that, you know, when Mike Tomlin said the standard is the standard, that, that that wasn't just lip service, that that meant something to them, uh, that they believed that they could win, that they felt like, I think they felt like there was an obligation to, to win, to, to play as hard as they could. I think that the, the black and gold means something to people. And, and over in Dallas, you know, like we, they, they just feel like a defeated franchise right now. I, you know, doing, doing some reading, this past week to sort of prep for, you know, the articles I'm writing and, and this show. 
you just get the sense that like the Cowboys, there's two things going on in Dallas right now. On one hand, they're tanking for a better draft pick. And on the other hand, you know, they're, they're, you know, eager for the season to be over. It just, it just feels like they're a team that uh, doesn't have any energy and doesn't have any sense of urgency. Does that come down to culture? Yeah. And that's the, first of all, it starts with the head coach. So Grant, so Mike Tomlin, so he, he deals with that, you know, Roethlisberger injury last year in his 13th season, the culture's established. He, the players know him. They know what the level of expectation is in that sense. He's in a much better position than Mike McCarthy, first year coach, still trying to, you know, kind of put his stamp on the team. Didn't get an off season because of the COVID, you know, he's in a tough spot, but at the same time, I think that the way Dallas has responded, you know, shows some true colors. And so does the way Pittsburgh responded last year. So let's go more into this game now, Kevin. We're going to go ahead and look at the Dallas Cowboys and a key player on offense and a key player on defense for this team. Who are you looking at this week? Well, the key player on offense is uh, whoever plays quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> which as of right now, we, we don't know. Garrett Gilbert, right? I mean, we, I saw him uh, in the, uh, the AF, the uh, AAF, in its sort of like brief run you know, that they had, when was that last spring? Yes. Um, so, you know, and, uh, and before that, I remember him as the guy who had to come in for Colt McCoy in the national championship game, you know, seven, eight years ago when McCoy went out uh, at the university of Texas, got hurt against Alabama and Gilbert came in and that's kind of it. You know, the Steelers, have, they, you referenced this earlier. They saw him in a preseason game. Uh, he's thrown, he's thrown all of six NFL passes. Um, and then the alternative is Cooper. Uh, what's Cooper's last name? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. And you threw Cooper a Rush. joke in there. I saw your joke in our uh, prediction <laughs> article that you don't care whether it's uh, Getty Lee from Rush, which immediately <laughs> made me love you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, it's hard to uh, keep them straight, uh, to be quite honest with you. And, and Cooper has thrown three NFL passes. And I, I laughed out loud because Mike McCarthy said, and he said this with a straight face, that the reason they benched Ben DiNucci who started last week against the Eagles was because going against the Steelers, they wanted a quarterback with more experience. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. Yeah. You know. It's, it's a mess down there in big D right now. And it really is, but here's, but honestly, thing. but to answer, I'm sorry, just real quick to answer your, your, your question about, you know, the, who, you know, the, the kind of focal point, what Philly last week did a really good job with Danucci. They blitzed the heck out of him. And then when Danucci started to get, you know, a little bit uh, gun shy and, and want to get the ball out of his hand immediately, they started to net, then fall back into some zone looks and kind of undercut those the, the shorter routes with, the, with their underneath coverage. So, and, uh, and he really didn't have, you know, much of an idea what to do with that. And I would expect the same from the Steelers. I, you know, I think that they're going to throw a ton of different looks at whoever starts, Gilbert or, or Rush, and, and uh, make them – think on their feet because, you know, those guys are learning the offense still. And, and uh, I read a, a quote from um, Amari Cooper this week and the Cowboys, you know, wide receiver. And he was like, we're just trying to get on the same page. So if that's what, you, if you're just still trying to get on the same page, I imagine what that's going to be like when the Steelers throw a mirror out of looks at them. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Jeff Driscoll in week two comes in for an injured Drew Locke and kind of lit up the Steelers and made it rough on the Steelers in that game. That's not going to happen this week, is it, Kevin? Well, I think that's a different situation because you prepare for Locke. 
and for what he does and you have something specific that you want to do uh, against him and now somebody else comes in and who's probably got a you know sort of different strengths uh, than what Locke did and now the Steelers are are kind of forced to adjust to him whereas at least going into this game we're going to know not which quarterback it's going to be but you're going to get two different versions of the same quarterback you know two inexperienced guys who haven't played much football at all um, and I think the Steelers are going to have a better handle on you know like how to handle whomever they start as opposed to a starter who you spend all week repping and then the backup comes in and now it's kind of a guessing game as to what they're going to do with that guy so on defense who keeps you up at night well I love you know I love Jalen Smith uh the linebacker uh out of Notre Dame I think he's a great player the guy who I you know I kind of had a a draft crush on a few years ago was Leighton Vander Esch uh he's back he was he missed uh, he missed about a month with a, a, a broken collarbone, and he's back. Um, I don't know how well he's playing. Um, you know the Dallas defense did a decent job against Philly last week, but uh, you know Philly's offense is is struggling. I think their linebacking core is good. I think they run sideline to sideline. Um, I think that they can cover. Uh, you know they might do a they might do a decent job on on Eric Ebron. They've got some guys that can that can are big and physical and can run. You know, it'll be interesting because the Steelers have thrived in the short passing game, but they've also kind of picked on some weak linebacking cores. And I think Dallas's linebacking core is pretty good. So it'll be very interesting to see that matchup. What do the Steelers need to do to win this game? Not beat themselves. You know, uh, they need to take care of the football on offense. They need to not give up big plays on defense. They need to play just sound fundamental football. They're the better team. When, you, when you're the better team, when you're the better team, do the ordinary things, do the fundamental things, block well, tackle well, execute your schemes well, protect the football, <clears throat> and you'll be successful. And if they do that, if they just play a Steeler football game the way they've played all year long, they're going to win the game. If you're Dallas, what's your only hope to win this game? Because it looks bleak. You know, the opposite, man. You, I mean, anytime that you have like, you know, a, a clear underdog situation, this, this isn't like the Steelers are playing the Bengals where the Bengals know the Steelers and, you know, and, and occasionally like you'll, you know, you'll get a divisional upset. This is the Steelers are playing a clearly inferior team. And yeah, I know there's a history of like the Steelers playing down to these types of teams, but usually what happens in those situations is twofold. One, the Steelers play a terrible football game. They make a lot of mistakes. They turn the ball over, they squander opportunities. And two, Somebody on the other team, like a Mike Glennon in Tampa Bay, you know, like a few years back, plays just like out of his mind, you know, has the game of his life. So that combination has to happen. I, I'm, not, I'm not discounting the fact that somebody on the Cowboys might step up and play, you know, a whale of a football game. But I'd be surprised if that other shoe drops where the Steelers compound that by playing terribly. The Steelers just seem to be a team on a mission right now, Kevin. And it just doesn't seem like they are like the aforementioned Ravens when we talked about the immaturity of that team. I really don't see the Steelers dropping this game. And I'm not overly the optimistic guy anymore. Last week, I picked the Steelers to lose to the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm glad I was wrong. I'm thrilled I was wrong. But That's what my gut was thinking. My gut is definitely thinking this week that the Steelers go in, take care of business, and make a statement and a bold statement at that and win this game by a score of 34 to 13. What's your prediction? 
Yeah, I had a similar score on the site. I put up 31-13. Um, I don't think, you know, I'll be surprised if it's a blowout at halftime. I think Dallas will, will you know, they're at home and there'll be some enthusiasm with whomever the new, the new quarterback is. And, um, you know, they'll probably keep it close for a while. But, you know, 60 minutes is a long football game and, and the better team usually imposes their will as the game goes on. And the Steelers did a really nice job of, of adjusting things last week at halftime in Baltimore. And, you know, you might get to halftime with a reasonably close game and then the coaching staff will be able to sort of look at what Dallas has done and figure we've taken their best shot. Well, fantastic, KT. I really appreciate it. This is going to be a great, fun time watching this game. I do not expect a letdown. I don't think that's in the 2020 Steelers makeup. You're saying 8-0. I'm saying 8-0. Let's just hope we're not overly optimistic. Is that going to be a problem can we be too optimistic here um <laughs> i'm not used to being in the position of being overly optimistic because i'm so like ah, ah, when it comes to you know a lot a lot of these types of games uh i don't feel like recklessly optimistic i just feel kind of a calm about this game so maybe that's a good sign well that is a really good sign so get that terrible towel ready get that foam finger Get the family in the Steeler duds. I'm sure the kids are wearing black and gold, right? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I'm trying to brainwash my younger son. He is at the moment a Detroit Lions fan. I don't laugh at me, please. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they've but got pretty daughter, helmets. Yeah, that, that's why I like him because when he was five years old, I, I let him pick a team, and he liked the lion on their helmet. But uh, but my daughter, man, she's wrapped up in black and gold. You know, two year old running around in Steelers gear. So I got I got her at least. Yeah, I mean, hey, parents, you know, often dictate religion to their kids. Why not? Why can't we dictate, you know, the Steelers? Absolutely. And my son is finally coming around and really getting into football a little more. He really wasn't interested in it at all. And now he is. But one thing that he does, the Hartman children do as well. They see black and purple and they talk a whole lot of smack. (laughs) Yeah, that's a different type of brainwashing. (laughs) My hope is that my son will get tired of uh, you know the Lions losing and will decide that he wants to come on over to the uh, the the walk to walk to the light, so to speak. I had a little Elway obsession back back in the day too. So you know, but when they played the Steelers, it was a different story. So you might see with your son when they play the Lions again, he'll be he'll be completely rooting for for the Steelers. He won't be yeah. rooting for the Lions. I'm not giving up hope. there you go well it's going to be a fantastic game i cannot wait it might not even be a fantastic game it might be a blowout and we would be happy with that as well but the steelers are on their way to the halfway mark of the season can they be eight and oh that's the hope we are going to be definitely talking about it on the steeler post game show for the steeler pregame show my name is brian anthony davis he is kevin smith let's go steelers All right, we will see you, my friends. Have a great game. Start rooting. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.